menopause. Google a synonym for menopause and midlife crisis comes up. Why are those words linked? Who benefits when we think of menopause as a crisis? I talked with Dr. Adrian Fu-Berman from Georgetown University to better understand menopause and the resurgent push to treat it with hormones. We start with some definitions. So menopause isn't a real medical event. It's defined as when you have not had a period for a year. So you can never really know what the day of your menopause is until a year later. You can really only celebrate the first anniversary. And perimenopause is much less well-defined, but sort of the period before and after someone hits menopause. So there's no definitive blood test for menopause. It's not really a medical event. It's a totally normal phase of a woman's life. Ovaries are still producing some hormones, but those hormones are also being produced in your adrenal glands and fat also produces some hormones. But it's not like you suddenly stop having hormones when you're in menopause. The ovaries still continue to produce some hormones, but just not enough to maintain the capability of reproducing. She also explains the symptoms associated with menopause. The only symptoms that have been proven to be associated with menopause are hot flashes and also associated night sweats, which are essentially just hot flashes at night, and vaginal dryness, which tends to occur later on in menopause. Hot flashes can actually start before somebody's period stops, so certainly hormones are going up and down. But many of the symptoms that are supposedly associated with menopause are actually just associated with aging. The only two symptoms that are absolutely proven to be associated with menopause are hot flashes and vaginal dryness. What's considered a menopausal symptom varies in different cultures. So for example, in Japan, people are more apt to associate shoulder pain or joint pain with menopause. So does menopause require treatment? Dr. Fu Berman explains how medical approaches which began in the 60s have evolved over time as we have learned more. Menopausal hormone therapy has a a long and checkered past uh, that for many years it was pushed on women as a way to, to keep young and to stay feminine back when we were using estrogen alone. Then that resulted in an epidemic of endometrial cancer of uterine cancer. Later on, hormones came back with a progestin added that protects a woman's uterus from the increased cancer risk that estrogen causes. And when it came back, it was really to promote health and to prevent heart disease, to prevent stroke, to prevent dementia, all things that we now know hormones don't help and in fact increase. So for many years, hormones were used by women to prevent disease, supposedly without there being any randomized controlled trial evidence for this. And then when we actually got randomized controlled trials, first there was the HERS trial, which tested hormones in women who'd already had a heart attack, because those would be the women who would be most likely to have another heart attack. And the idea was to see, did hormones actually prevent heart attacks? And it was found that There was no beneficial effect at all. And then later, the Women's Health Initiative, which was a huge randomized clinical trial that went on for many years um, and was funded by the National Institutes of Health under the first woman director of the National Institutes of Health, 
Bernadine Healy. That study, by the way, was fought for by the National Women's Health Network, a consumer group that doesn't take any money from industry and some other groups as well. So this randomized controlled trial of hormones versus placebo found that the risks far outweighed the benefits for menopausal hormone therapy, that combined hormone therapy, the estrogen progestins, increased breast cancer risk. They slightly increased uh, the risk of heart attack. They increased the risk of stroke. They increased the risk of gallbladder disease, ovarian cancer, dementia, and deaths from lung cancer. They did have a beneficial effect on osteoporosis. So in terms of disease prevention, hormones should not ever be used for disease prevention. Now, if somebody has really uncomfortable hot flashes, then hormones are a perfectly reasonable uh, treatment for that, but someone shouldn't stay on them any longer than they're actually having hot flashes. So not everyone has hot flashes. When women do have them, they can last anywhere from several months to decades, but the usual is one to three years. So if someone does go on hormones to treat hot flashes, they should try going off every year. And it's a good idea to taper off because if you go off suddenly, you can have rebound hot flashes. When early findings from the Women's Health Initiative study came out in 2002, many women got off hormone therapy concerned about its risks. But we are starting to see a revived interest in hormones. Earlier this year, the New York Times Magazine ran a front-page article promoting the use of hormone therapy, complete with pictures of women looking depressed and in pain, wringing their hands. That article in the New York Times was incredibly inaccurate, misleading, bad article with a lot of false information in it. Fu Berman is cautious, concerned the new attention to hormone therapy is being promoted by the pharmaceutical industry. Although the article in the New York Times magazine criticizes the Women's Health Initiative study, Fu Berman says it is still a gold standard and it was long overdue. The only randomized controlled trial that had been done with estrogen and cardiovascular disease had been done in the mid-70s with men. So estrogen does lower cholesterol levels. It does decrease arterial reactivity, so it decreases the tendency of an artery to spasm. So there's reasons to think that it would be helpful for preventing heart attacks. Unfortunately, it also increases blood clots. So in the 1970s, because of some beneficial effects that we knew that estrogen had physiologically, it was actually tested in men during the coronary drug project. And that trial was stopped early. First one dose of estrogen was stopped early, and then the second dose of estrogen was stopped early because it was causing so much harm in the men. They were having pulmonary emboli and other adverse effects from the hormones. And yet it was decades before a randomized controlled trial was done in women. So hormones were being given out willy-nilly to all these women. Um, at some point, one out of four or one out of five menopausal women in the United States were taking hormones. And not all those women were having symptoms. They were taking it because their doctors told them it was good for their health. And what the Women's Health Initiative proved, um, this was a huge study, 26,000 women, about 16,000 were women who were taking an estrogen progestin combination, and about 10,000 were taking estrogen alone because they'd had a hysterectomy. And if you don't have a uterus, 
you don't need to take the progestin because the only purpose of the progestin is to protect the uterus from the uh, uterine cancer that estrogen causes. So the the whole trial had 26,000 women in it, followed for many years, and that trial was able to look at a variety of health outcomes. So that's really the definitive trial that's been out there. And I should say that um, I have been a paid expert witness on behalf of plaintiffs in litigation regarding pharmaceutical marketing practices. I run a project called Farmed Out at Georgetown University Medical Center that does research and education into how pharmaceutical marketing practices affect the therapeutic choices of physicians and other prescribers. So, and I have been an expert witness in litigation regarding menopausal hormone therapy. So I've been able to see the inside emails and the marketing plans and other materials that the main manufacturer of hormone therapy had. I've been able to see those internal documents. And by the way, many of those documents are actually now publicly available at the Drug Information Document archive for anyone who's interested. The article in the New York Times Magazine listed a number of criticisms of the Women's Health Initiative, among them that it looked at women who were too old, that the risk of breast cancer is too low to worry about, and that there are now new formulations of the hormones. Fu Berman doesn't buy it. All of those criticisms are industry engendered, that casting doubt on the Women's Health Initiative is what industry is doing. You can tell there's been this whole movement to make menopause into a tragedy, again, into this tragic condition, and to push hormones and other therapies that are, are out there. So I'm sure that there are companies that have some new products in the pipeline, and they are laying the groundwork by criticizing the Women's Health Initiative. That actually was started by hormone manufacturers some years ago. I've written several articles on that that are available on the Farmed Out website. But let me just address the specific things that you're saying. The most laughable argument is that the women in the Women's Health Initiative were too old. The women in the Women's Health Initiative, it was a study of menopausal women using the most popular hormone therapy that was used in the United States at the time and is still very widely used. So it was women 50 to 79 years old. So I've heard the criticism that the average age of women in the study was 63. Well, of course, the average age of the women in the study were 63. They were 50 to 79 years old. There were about 5,700 women in their 50s who were in the study. That is the largest study of women in their 50s ever done in the history of the world. So this was a definitive study. There were plenty of women in their 50s. And the idea that breast cancer risk is low, there's really no question that hormone therapy increases breast cancer risk. And what was really interesting is that after the results came out, hormone prescriptions plummeted, not just in the US, but all over the world. This was the definitive randomized controlled trial. Women all over the world who had been taking hormones because their doctors had recommended them for disease prevention, stopped taking hormones. And breast cancer rates dropped in every registry in the world that was tracking them. Every registry in the world that was tracking breast cancer rates, breast cancer rates plummeted. You had mentioned the idea of, um, oh, well, there's new preparations out now. And we're, we're certainly learning more about different kinds of progestogen, for example, might have some differential effects. But None of those have been shown in a randomized controlled trial to have less adverse effects. So one shouldn't assume that something that's untested is better than something that's tested. Maybe it is and maybe it isn't, but we, we wouldn't know that until we have further studies. But I think what the most important point is, is that if you're not having troublesome hot flashes, you don't need medication of any sort. 
According to Fu Berman, the women's health movement has worked for decades to counter stereotypes when it comes to women and health. The women's health movement has fought the medicalization of menopause, and now it's starting to come back. The idea that menopause is this tragic time of life and that it has these terrible symptoms. Like, first of all, many of the symptoms that are attributed to menopause also occur in men. So certainly not true of hot flashes and vaginal dryness, but um, there was a Dutch study, for example, that asked about all of these different symptoms that uh, have been wrongly associated with menopause. And they asked, both men and women, and in order to disguise the fact that it was uh, really a study looking at symptoms that were attributed to menopause, they disguised hot flashes under excessive sweating. And they found every other symptom that was associated with menopause, it was equal among men and women except for excessive sweating. So people who complained of joint pain or headaches or anxiety, depression, all of these other things, they were the same among men as long as you didn't tell them that you know they were looking at a study of supposed menopausal symptoms. I mean, we have data on this. The other symptoms that people associate with menopause are not actually caused by menopause. They may be caused by aging. They may be caused by bad attitude towards elders in our society. Always be aware that these studies focusing on menopause, like they're not interviewing men. There's very few studies that have actually looked at these supposed symptoms of menopause among men. And the one study that has looked at that didn't find any difference. I asked if she was frustrated that the controversy around hormones seemed to be settled two decades ago, and yet we're having the same discussions once again. I'm extremely frustrated that drug companies that want to sell their products have distorted physicians and women's understanding of menopause as well as many other aspects of women's lives and men's lives as well. There is a, a really scary level of control that pharmaceutical companies have over information that physicians and other prescribers learn. Most continuing medical education is funded by pharmaceutical companies. They fund grand rounds. They fund conferences. They have a lot of effect on information in the, in the medical literature. And you can see from all of the articles that are starting to come out about menopause being this ignored women's health issue, this has all the hallmarks of being an industry-funded campaign. I remember back well, maybe the 90s or so, you know, when we were fighting the idea that there was anything, you know, wrong with midlife and older women. You know, women were calling hot flashes power surges. And it's really worth mentioning that many women, maybe most women, do not have troublesome menopausal symptoms. I've been sort of just informally asking menopausal women, you know, if they had hot flashes. And uh, one relative that I asked thought for a minute, she'd gone back to school to get a PhD in her 60s. And she said, oh, I think I had one once when I thought I lost a copy of my dissertation. And I said, no, that, that doesn't count. <laughs> Not everyone has hot flashes. Even the women who do have hot flashes, often they're mild and they go away after a few months or longer. But there's some women who have really terrible hot flashes. And, and of course, things like insomnia and depression can be directly due to disruptions due to bad hot flashes. If you can't sleep and you're changing your bed several times in the middle of the night, like, of course, you're going to be depressed and not functioning very well because of uh, not being able to sleep well. So troublesome hot flashes, it's certainly reasonable to treat them. Um, I, I will also say you don't necessarily have to use hormonal therapy. Hormonal therapy is very effective for hot 
flashes. But oddly, some low doses of some antidepressants can be helpful. And there's other drugs that can be helpful as well. Some women have found that increasing phytoestrogens in the diet, eating more soybeans or other kinds of beans can be helpful, for example. So it doesn't work for everybody. Uh, hormones don't work for everybody either. But it's certainly something to keep in the arsenal for people who are having troublesome hot flashes. The vaginal dryness, by the way, can be you know, often dealt with by moisturizers or topical estrogen, which you can take in a lot lower dose than oral estrogens. So how to evaluate what we see in the press when it comes to menopause or any health issue? Fu Berman says, first, follow the money. Really important to trust only independent sources. I mean, unfortunately, reporters are being pitched to a lot by pharmaceutical companies and vendors to pharmaceutical companies as well. You know, I will say with consumer advocacy groups, most consumer advocacy groups are funded by pharmaceutical companies, and you really don't want to believe information from them. Only trust the groups that don't take pharma money. But yeah, there has been a lot of media recently, and it's very suspicious to me that there have been all of these stories on oh, a menopause-friendly workplace, and we need to educate employers around menopause. And I'm just very worried about the idea that perfectly normal and well-functioning women are going to be cast as like disabled, doddering creatures by some of the press that's going on. And the trashing of the Women's Health Initiative, that's actually been going on since the results first came out. And that's definitely industry. Here's the bottom line, says Fu Berman. It's very important to fight the medicalization of menopause and the medicalization of women's health in general. Dr. Adrian Fu Berman is the director of Farmed Out at Georgetown University Medical Center. That's Farmed Out with a PH. The website, farmedout.org, has lots of resources and publications on menopause. For her turn, I'm Arlene Zoucha. I'm taking my own freedom.